Do you hate cooking? You're not alone. My guest today, Gemma McFall, used to feel just like you, but then she found a way to leverage her strengths to improve her kitchen reality. Listen on to find out what happened to her. Gemma McFall is a Gallup certified strengths coach and also a vegan meal plan subscriber. Her work is to help women reduce stress and heal chronic pain so that they can get back to enjoying life. She herself struggled for years with back pain and she tried everything until she discovered that she had neuroplastic pain, which meant that her pain could be cured. As she healed, she decided to share her discoveries with others. You will love learning about her journey and the process of healing from chronic pain, her experience feeding her family of four as expatriates in various countries, and finding out more about how you too can leverage your strengths to find more joy in cooking. Let's talk about it. Hi, Gemma. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, thank you for having me, Bridget. It's uh, such a pleasure to spend time with you in person, which is, you know, the version of in person we get to in this uh, early uh, 21st century, because you've been a subscriber to The Meal Plan and we uh, often chat on WhatsApp. And uh, I'm really um, grateful that you shared with me that newsletter that you sent to your coaching clients uh, recently about what about the meal plans um, makes your life easier in light of the strengths that you have. And it's a new perspective that I hadn't um, never given any thought to. And, and I thought it was really precious and that it would be super valuable for um, people listening to the podcast to learn about. So I'm, I'm really excited that you've accepted to spend this moment with me. Thank you. Um, to get started uh, in this conversation, I'd like just to start by uh, having you tell me a little bit about cooking and your daily life. You know, what does your life look like? Um, what are the kinds of circumstances you're in and what's the place of cooking in that? Mm, well, I can either give you the before Bridget or the after Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> so the before Bridget, is it's very clearly different. The before Bridget, I would... Um, you know, be panicking last minute to get something on the table. Um, I would often reach for what was ever, whatever's pre-cooked in the freezer made by the supermarket, you know. Um, we would have pasta many nights, takeaway. Um, and, you know, I always had this feeling of guilt and shame because I'm, you know, I felt like I should be able to do this and I can't, you know. It was, it, and it was very draining. I, I, it caused me a lot of stress. And I didn't even realize how much stress until after Bridget. <laughs> so, oh, thank you. <laughs> so I really mean this. Ever since I've been on the meal plan, I've told every single person I've met about it. So, uh, so the now, the after Bridget, it's, um, I have two kids um, and a husband that I'm cooking for. And I'm famous for not being able to cook, despite the fact that I went to catering college and I've worked in hospitality almost my whole entire life. Um, I just can't cook. And it's in our marriage vows that my husband promised in when we got married. It's, he said something like, I promise I will cook for you every day. And of course, circumstances change. Um, I left my corporate job. I was previously a HR director in a hotel, not the kitchen. <laughs> um, so I left my corporate job um, to become a coach and he still has his full-time job. So now the cooking really does fall to me. Um, 
But now that I've found uh, the Bridget plan, I, um, I go shopping once a week. Whereas before it was like seven times a week, I would go shopping and I, I don't have to think about it. It's that I don't use my brain. I just blindly follow what you tell me to buy, I buy. And then I, uh, I don't even know what I'm going to cook for that week until I turn up and start doing the prep, you know. Uh, and again, I don't even read on to see what, what two, three and four step is. I just work through one, two, three, and I do it all in an hour. And then it gets to the weeknights and I, the kids get home at 3.30. I'm often coaching um, just before dinner. So I'll often have a session, let's say, um, five till six. And I can come out at six. And by quarter past six, I can have dinner on the table. And just not having that stress, <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how good it is, honestly. Um, but I think one of the unexpected um surprises has been how nice meal time is with the kids I always assumed wrongly actually I always assumed they wouldn't eat vegetables and I assumed you know that there'd be picky eaters and the meal plan would last five minutes and I'd have to go back but they absolutely love it and every night they they're trying to guess what ingredients are in each dish and I'm and I'm as interested as, as they are, you know, I've never used turmeric or coriander or any of these things before. So for me, it's kind of interesting. Um, and they give me a score, you know, what, how much out of 10 do I get for this meal? Um, and I think as well, it's given us, um, it's a time where we sit down and we have something to talk about. They're only six and eight, but now we kind of have this thing in common, which is the food and where does the food come from? Who, who you know, who grew it, which country? So, yeah, does that answer your question? Wow. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful for this feedback. And I have to say your, your kids enjoy um, the meals more than my kids do. It's, you know, there's a, a woman who was a meal plan subscribers. I, I think she still is. And she said um, her kid also was uh, very selective in what they will accept. And she would say, well, this is what Brigitte says we're having for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and it was having this outside authority set the meal kind of like if you go to a restaurant, right? It was like, well, it is what it is. And then it's no longer about the power dynamic with the parents, which I think in some cases, in some families, it might have become the case. Mm. Um, so maybe that's why my kids uh, don't always eat the meals exactly the way they are <laughs> from yeah. the meal plan. So I'm happy that someone is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Because I always say, we don't know what we're going to have. And when I put it on the table, I say, I've never had this either. Like we had a minestrone soup this week, I think it was. And honestly, I don't think I've ever, I've never cooked minestrone soup. And the most I've probably ever had is like a packet powdered mixed one. So I said, I've never had this and I don't know if I'm going to like it. You know, so we're all in the same boat. It's not like I'm giving them adult food. It's like, it's, it's the same, you know. I love it. That's that's fantastic. And tell me a little bit more about your your coaching practice. So I work with people with stress and chronic pain, specifically women, um, basically to um, help them overcome migraines, back pain, pelvic pain, anything that they have in an alternative way to, you know, the med the traditional medical route. So I think we can. We all know the old example of, you know, ulcers in your stomach is when you're stressed. But now nobody gets ulcers in their stomach anymore because we associate that with stress. 
So that's been phased out. But the new thing is back pain. Uh, you know, there's many, many different uh, things I work with. Um, yeah, so, so basically my job is to help settle nervous system, their nervous system so that they can get out of the pain fear cycle so that they can get on with living, you know. Right. And um, so tell me a little bit. So what you talked about in in that newsletter that you sent that you shared with me was about um, the relationship between the strengths approach and an activity of daily life such as such as cooking. And so tell me a little bit more maybe about the strengths in general. Um, yeah, and sure. then we can get into how it applies to things like pain management, uh, but also uh, activities of daily life like cooking. Sure. So the strengths approach is based in positive psychology. And what we typically do as humans is we try and fix what is wrong with us um, with our personality. So uh, we always want to be somebody that we're not. And we're always trying to be very well-rounded. And we're always trying to get our children to be well-rounded. And so we're always putting all this pressure on ourselves to, to be somebody that we're not, which in itself causes stress. So the strengths approach, um, by contrast, is where we find out what is right about us, um, where do we excel, and then we put all our effort and energy into those specific, um, we call them strengths. So we put all your energy into strengths so that you can kind of almost redesign your day and the more time you spend in your strengths, or we could you would call it like your zone of genius, or you know, like whatever lights you up, the longer you can spend in that area, the stronger you will feel and the happier you will be and the less stress that you have. But for most people, we cannot figure out what our strengths are on our own because for us it's just our normal operating system. It's just the way we were born. We've always been like that. People would say, oh, there's nothing special about that trait. You know, we always try and uh, squash, you know, whatever mm -hmm. is our strengths. Um, it's a bit like looking at the end of your nose, like everybody else can see your strengths or your nose, but you can't because it's just so close to you. So the way I work with clients, uh, the first thing they'll do a the Gallup Clifton Strengths Assessment online, um, which will give them their top five strengths. And then I work through with them to see how are they using it right now and how can they use those strengths more, for example, in cooking or, you know, at work or in parenting or in marriage. Um, and it all, in my practice specifically, it all ties back to reducing stress and improving joy, happiness, flow, creativity. Does that make that's, sense? That's awesome. What, what are the strengths um, that we're talking about. And I'm sure there's many, but uh, yeah. can you give some examples? Yeah, yeah, sure. There's there's 34 in total. Um, I can tell you what my strengths are, um, which might, might relate to some of your listeners. So I have a strength called achiever, which means I, am, I love task lists. I love checking things off. Um, I love taking on jobs that are potentially not even my jobs to take on, you know? <laughs> Um, so I get energy taking jobs on and I get energy ticking jobs off. Um, that's achiever. Um, a completely different one would be learner. I love learning new things. I get incredible amounts of energy. I, you know, like if I'm 
going to decide to be a vegetarian I can research everything about being a vegetarian <laughs> within a week and it'll give me you know so much um so, such a buzz you know but then once I'm done with that I move on not sorry sorry not done with being a vegetarian <laughs> done with done with that learning yeah move you've integrated it and then exactly you move exactly. on to a different learning yeah um and then something com by complete contrast would be um let's say there's a strength called uh, uh, deliberative, which means you're a really, really careful thinker and you get a lot of energy from thinking about things very carefully and weighing up the pros and cons of should I do this or that? or should I? For, for example, I had a client once who spent like two weeks deciding which scooter to buy her child, you know, which is giving her a lot of energy because she's getting to use this great strength of this one or that one. But at the same time, she's beating herself up because she feels she should be able to decide quickly like everybody else. Does that make sense? So oh, it's yes. helping people to see like... I married one of those. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's basically helping them to, to use the best of their strength and be aware right. when that strength is in overdrive and it might be causing them stress. For example, needlessly learning things all the time wouldn't be a good use of learner. And taking on everybody else's job wouldn't be a good use of achiever and would cause burnout and so on and so on. Right. That is so helpful. Tell me a little bit more. I want to go back to cooking in a moment, but tell me a little more about how it applies to this issue of pain management for people who may be living with chronic pain. Yeah. So with chronic pain, the sort of pain... Wow, it's a really big subject. I'm trying to think how to make it very uh, succinct. Um, pain should fix itself within a, a short period of time, two, three weeks or whatever. When pain persists for a long time, it's probably because um, it's something called neuroplastic pain, which most people don't know about. It's not taught in medical school. And this is when our brain has learned to feel pain. So the same way we learn to ride a bicycle, you never ever forget how to ride a bike. For some individuals, pain acts in the same way. So we felt pain once, and then we'll keep on feeling pain forever and ever, or for a long period of time, even though the cause of the injury or whatever is long gone and the, the, the part of the body is healed. Now the sort of people who are more likely to have this type of pain would be people who are very stressed. Now, if you'd have asked me when I was at the height of my back pain, was I stressed as an individual? I honestly would have said no. I did not feel I was stressed. And that is because the thing that was causing my stress wasn't necessarily trauma from the past or anything like that. It was my own personality. So my own personality was causing this stress. Um, but like I said before, it was so close to me, that was my normal. I only knew how, I only knew what stress felt like. I didn't know what any other thing felt like. So the way this um, helps people with pain is, well, <laughs> actually helps in many ways, but we've, we feel awful when we're in pain, feel very, very weak. So figuring out who we are and why we do what we do immediately almost gives you like a, a facelift you know, right, a boost. It, it, yeah, boost, totally. a boost. It, you, you immediately feel stronger and more confident in, in everyday life. Yes, you might still have pain, but at least mentally you're, you're on the right track and, and feeling good. 
but to take it to the next level, it would it helps us to um, be in flow more often. Um, you know, like when time flies, um, we're doing something that's so natural to us. That's flow. And when you're in flow, you're much less likely to have pain. And I'm sure most people listening to this, if they have chronic pain, they'll think to themselves, well, yeah, actually, I, I, I have pain when I'm doing this activity or when I'm not doing this activity. So it's to sort of find pockets of time when you can have less pain. And then eventually the pain fear cycle will be broken down and we'll be able to step out of the pain of them. Yeah, I think that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, yeah, so it's about settling the nervous system. And when our body's not in fight or flight anymore, only then can the body recover. I have this intuition that what you, you call the pain fear cycle is something that also exists with cooking. Um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm going a little bit on a limb here, but I hear so often from people who have a, they consider cooking to be such a dreadful thing. And there's lots of, I've often made comments about how there's a little bit of a, because of the historic association of cooking and, and, and women, um, and it's a devalued activity or oh, it's only cooking. It's, you know, what stay at home moms and, and, you know, things like that do. Um, it's, so there's, these aspects, but there's also, I think, some people that have experienced cooking as something that was very difficult or challenging, and it creates a cycle of of dreading, fearing the activity, and then, of course, the result will generally suck. You know? yeah. And there's that, that that pain fear cycle. I think is there also with some activities, and I'm sure it applies to lots of um, sports for many women also who may have been discouraged from engaging in sports for various cultural and maybe even physical reasons as they were growing up um yeah. so i i can see how having that focus on the strengths and on the positive could be could be helpful am i out for lunch no gosh that's so interesting and you know what i i would add to that i think it's for cooking anyway i think it's not just cooking all jobs around the house we can apply this to pain uh, fear resentment <laughs> So, yes, bitterness. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I say this is because, like, I don't, I didn't like cooking, you know, before I found you at all. So then I would head to the kitchen every day with this feeling of like, oh, why do I have to do it? You know, like, but of course, I'm a nice person. So I never express this. It just goes deeper and deeper and deeper inside, which then, of course, you know, we're talking about pain and stress. When you have repressed emotions, it's got to show up somewhere. So it comes out in anger towards the kids or it comes as physical um, migraines or whatever. So when... I kind of do this a lot with clients, help them to reframe the activity they're doing. So instead of saying, I have to do the cooking, you say, I choose to do the cooking. I get to do the cooking. And just that one sentence changes everything. But then using strengths, you can say, well, I get to use my achiever today in the kitchen. And I know every time I use my achiever, I feel good, I feel great. And so you get to be you and do it your way, which kind of ties back to what we were saying before. So, for example, um, 
it's let's say you have the strength intellection and you love deep and deep conversations or deep subjects do the cooking with a podcast on so that your brain can be like you get to use your intellection while you're cooking you know and then the resentment goes away and then the whole process is just easier you're in flow and you know and everyone's happier but this applies not just to cooking all jobs totally yeah no that's for sure and and also to exercises you know mm-hmm. that's why i think uh when people find the right type of exercise that they actually enjoy is when they can stick with it yeah rather yeah. than having an activity that they have to tick off their list and yeah yeah so with, with with um it's a good example which can apply for cooking or exercise let's say you have relationship strengths like empathy or you know one of this or, or let's say you have the strength of communication you like speaking to people to choose an exercise to do alone where you don't get to be with any people would be the worst choice you're more likely to stick to it if you get to use your strengths while you're exercising so a group class something with a coffee at the end you know this sort of thing and the same with i was thinking about this with you you have a group cooking thing uh, every yeah. week with the prep right i think i'm on the wrong time zone to do this <laughs> but um and people who love pe- being with people who get lit up by that that would be their like highlight of the week you know that that would be a way to be in your strengths but for other people who are not into you know they're more introverted and like being in their own company that wouldn't be the best choice for them and that's okay Absolutely. and that person shouldn't have the should 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 i should be able to be friends with everybody i should be able to network because yeah. it's the shoulding that causes stress <laughs> i love that that's that's really true and i was uh yeah i was going to mention the cooking club because i think for for many of us uh cooking historically was a was a social activity was something that um would be done together by multiple people often women um and with the 20th century we've pretty much all retreated into our own kitchens and we do it alone and for me the the funny thing my mom was just here in Vancouver visiting uh recently and we were traveling together a little bit in a cabin uh living in the cabin and every night when i cook dinner roughly at 5 5:15 I call my mom <laughs> and we were at the cabin and I was like, I need to call my mom. <laughs> and she was right there, you know, and it, but that's, that's the um, association. That is one thing that works for me. It's this like, Oh, I get to cook and to call my mom at the same time. And we talk a little bit about the food and we talk about other things. And we do have that same experience in the cooking club where there's some chat. Often people will ask me questions about, can I do this or substitutions but also we talk about random other life events that creates connection, you know, yeah. just the, the daily life things um, that creates connections between strangers. Um, but as you say, it's definitely not something that everybody would enjoy. Uh, but for me, it helps me show up. Having that program is really a, a selfish thing for me because it yeah. means that I have to show up in the kitchen. Is there a, what's the strength that's about um, responding well to accountability? there's one called responsibility oh yeah so you never let anybody down you know you'll 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 take on the responsibility of the world but I mean I I don't know you that well we've only just met um but there's there's strengths around influencing so for example there's one called woo which stands for winning others over 
And somebody with Wu likes nothing more than being on the stage and having, and, and it's sort of like persuading people to do something. It's great in leadership, for example. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So it, people with Wu would love to be part of your thing. So, yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, so tell me a little bit more um, about your choice to eat more. Um, vegetarian meals because that's uh, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for this so tell me a little yeah. bit more about your your veg journey well um we've always been expatriates we live in the, we're from the uk uh, we lived in dubai for eight years and then from dubai we moved to sri lanka and when we arrived in sri lanka the quality of the meat was terrible <laughs> like really terrible um, the chicken tasted like water um, you know I had to actually go to the market and, and get it myself the, the meat like uh, like a farmer's market type thing and it it wasn't great so I, I suggested to my husband I was like you know what maybe one day a week we could do vegetarian you know just one day a week and he went well you can but I'm not gonna so I was like oh <laughs> okay well I already hate cooking I'm not going to start you know cooking different meals and at that point my youngest was only six months so I was like okay forget that idea anyway five years later he um he's into cycling running you know triathlons um he read I don't know if you know Rich Roll he's a um, famous triathlon you know and he wrote this book um, about being a vegetarian and stuff finding ultra I think is the yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so he read that and then he was sort of, I could see this, the, the idea had been planted. And then we watched, um, we have Netflix. So we watched Game Changers on Netflix. Um, and he was like, it, and then suddenly he was like, I think we should try this. I was like, what? I was like, this is my idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Five years ago, this was my idea. So um, you anyway, planted a seed. You planted exactly, a seed. Exactly. I'm currently planting the seed that he should do yoga. So in five years, maybe he's going to get back. <laughs> so anyway, uh, whatever. It's his idea. So um, I started like researching uh, vegetarian recipes. You know, I, I, I was doing odd ones here and there off Google, and it was a pretty disaster. You know, I'm trying to make these filo puff pastry this oh it was just, it was just not working um anyway so then um i was googling uh, a vegetarian meal plan or something like this and then you popped up and i did do you have a free uh, like a free two-week menu i think on your website so i downloaded that and i looked and i was like oh my gosh there's no pictures <laughs> then, but i was like but this makes sense to me because one of my strengths is discipline which is like being very organized I like routine, I like process, you know. So I thought, no, I'm going to try this. So I did the shopping and then the first meal was something with peanut sauce and loads of vegetables that you dip in this peanut sauce. And I was like, my kids are never going to do this. And I made it all look fancy on the table. Like I, I put the sauce in a, in a little pot that was like a shiny glass thing. And I really bigged it up and I was like, you get points for trying it. You don't need to like it. And they loved it. And even It was a gado gado ball. Yeah, that was it. Even today, that was like, mommy, when are we going to have a peanut one again? <laughs> Everybody loves peanut sauce. Um, yeah. It's very popular. That and um, cocoa peanut noodles. And Ooh, there's a chickpea that, yeah. curry with uh, like a peanutty thing. People used to call it Africans too, but it's not really African. Um, but it's yeah. sweet potatoes and chickpeas and peanut. Yeah. Everybody loves that, especially kids. I think it's it appeals to a taste that we're familiar with. Yeah, well, they My kids loved anyway. it. 
So we did the two week like free thing and it went really well. And every night the food was on the table. And I honestly, I was so proud. I was like, oh my goodness, I actually created this dish. And it, you know, it's so funny because I, I was at catering college and I used to have to wear chef wides and I had my yeah. chef knives and everything. And for some reason, my uh, my parents had saved these chef knives. So I actually got my old chef knife out that's got my maiden name engraved in it. And now wow. every day I'm using the chef knife and I'm like, I'm a real chef. <laughs> that's fabulous. So that's how we did it. And then, and then of course, my husband was like, well, why don't we just do the two-week menu again? I was like, what, do you want me just to keep repeating the two-week menu? And, and he was like, yeah, why not? And, and to this point, we had been doing a two-week rolling menu because I'm so rubbish at cooking. We just kept repeating stuff. So I repeated it, I think, one more time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, like I just want to sign up to the plan. <laughs> so that's when we, then we signed up and, you know, I mean, we've been doing it um, ever since. So but it's, it's really a game changer. Um, just one funny thing on this. The only funny thing, because I'm in Dubai. So some of the ingredients like we don't have and some of the ingredients we do have, but I could never buy it. So, for example, red cabbage. I went the other day to get red cabbage. And I got the smallest one I could find, and it was 25 dirhams, which is the equivalent of like $6 for a cabbage. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why is the cabbage? So I went to Google and I was like, what is the difference between red and green cabbage in a recipe? And it's like, not a lot. So I was like, right, that's it. Where's the green cabbage? And I managed to get a green cabbage for four dirhams, which is wow. like... The red must be imported from far exactly. away or something. And this is the problem here. So I'm, I'm like looking at your recipe and then I'm like, before blindly buying everything, I'm having to like oh, yes. just double check. Like, <laughs> For sure. And that's largely what it's meant to be as well. I, I, I encourage people to make those substitutions all the time. And I, it's funny, you mentioned cabbage. One of my um, clients is also a neighbor and we were part of the same... Um, veggie box program from a local farm and there was this time when she texted me and she's like well I got no beets because there was a borscht on the menu uh, but I have all this cabbage and I was like that's fine just use cabbage instead of beets she was like what <laughs> you know they, they are very different things green cabbage and red beets and the recipes were there was a soup um, and there was uh, roasted beets or maybe it was the opposite I can't remember if it was beets or cabbage but anyway she did the opposite she made the soup with the other vegetable and she roasted it and it was perfectly delicious and the the point of the meal plan even that the way I use it because I cook from the meal plans all the time because I can't be bothered to come up with different ideas um (laughs) you know I've already made all these decisions I don't have to make new ones but it just guides me to not have to make those decisions and then if I need to make a tweak that's fine yeah. But it's it's meant to take off the the weight of all the choices that I mean, we yeah. have to make so many decisions in modern life. Um, and what's for dinner is just one too many at some point. Um, yeah. And, and there are benefits to having some variety. I mean, I, I have lots of sympathy for your husband wanting to eat the same thing over and <laughs> over. Uh, but we do have access to an amazing variety of produce and ingredients. And it's nice to change things yeah. up a little bit once in a while yeah yeah yeah. he and just that's... misses takeaway now <laughs> well I find we we tend to eat out or bring food in like once a week um yeah. between eating leftovers for lunch and things so have you noticed anything different in your life since eating more more vegetarian meals like has it been about six months 
Uh, yes. So actually, we've, before we met, you had already been trying for a while on our own, but we'd been eating a lot of dal and rice because we'd come from Sri Lanka. Yeah. So that's the one thing I could cook. Um, but yes, I mean, my husband's lost a lot of weight. Not that he didn't need to, but like he's he's even more athletic than he Leaned was. up. Leaned up, yep. Um, <laughs> gone rich roll way. <laughs> um, he has a yeah. lot more energy. And uh, for me, I used to have this afternoon slump, like uh, two o'clock, three o'clock. I, I would be in such a slump. But now I'm eating the leftovers from dinner for my lunch. And it is, honestly, it's a game changer. Like I am so much happier in the afternoon um, because I can just keep on going, you know. Um, dinner times are way more fun. I'm way less stressed, like way, way less stressed. And I didn't realize how much the decision making was weighing on me um, during the week, at the weekend, even like between us having to decide, like I would, I would send a message at work, uh, what do you want for dinner? And then it becomes his problem. <laughs> You mentioned you mentioned sports and triathlon, and I've heard you talk about uh, road riding as well. Um, and I, I found when I, so my husband and I got together because of a shared love of cycling. And, um, but if we went for rides together, there's always a bit of tension because of course, he's a much, much, much stronger rider than me. And then where do we go? And I guess some of that, we haven't ridden much together in the last 10 years since having kids. But prior to that, when we didn't have Google Maps on phones, there was always a bit of an argument about, you know, where exactly are we supposed to be going when you go on a bike ride in a place you don't know? And the one thing that was fabulous, and I have to say it is an inspiration for the meal plans, is we would do this bike tour. That was a one-week thing in Quebec. And not only they prepared all your meals, they carried your gear. There were 2,000 people. But the best part was that the road was marked. You know, there was spray paint. And you got to an intersection and you turn left because it says turn left and then turn right. And it takes away the struggle and the decision making. And it made our writing together so much more enjoyable because then there was no longer, you know, I told you to wait for me before making that turn, <laughs> you know, all of those dimensions. But yeah, that's, that's also I mean, what you mentioned about choosing what's for dinner. We had that too, my husband and I. For years mm -hmm. where yeah mid-afternoon it would be like oh my god what are we going to do for dinner yeah. and we started like texting about it what do you feel like yeah. and you know the other thing is the kids now will eat all these vegetables like that they've never red pepper they're eating red pepper like i i could never have got them to eat this before but now i know if they go on a play date I haven't got to worry about them being fussy eaters. They will eat what they're given because every night we have something different now right. for the last however many months we've been doing this. Um, so when they're given some surprise meal at a friend's house, they're just going to be grateful for it. And, and also I think they appreciate how much um, energy and time and care goes into cooking. Whereas before it was all very like just freezer oven, you know, Whereas now they're getting involved and like tonight there was something in the slow cooker and the two of them were standing there trying to squeeze limes into this um, thing that we were making and their hands weren't strong enough to squeeze the limes, you know, and then we were having, and then they made like um, water with the leftover lime in and stuff. So they're, they're really getting very hands on with all, all this um, stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many benefits, honestly, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't tell you the more, you know. That's that's just awesome. And I mean, I think 
it's not a coincidence. I think we have in many ways similar personalities. Not only we have similar names and a kid and a husband that have the same name, it's shocking, but we don't live in the same country. Uh, so pretty sure they're not the same people. Um, but it's not a coincidence. I think that, I mean, what you talk about is also my experience and in some extent my personality. So I think, as you say, it's it works well for some people. Uh, I was going to mention the, um, I, I have some clients who have some older kids, you know, teenagers, who will do, or people do that in a relationship too, like somebody does the prep and then the other person is the weeknight cook and they pull the stuff out of the fridge and they finish the assembly. Um, and that's also, once they get bigger, you might reap the benefits of their involvement. Uh, Ooh, I'll start thinking yeah. about that. Well, we also have a, an interesting thing because at the end of the week, there's often leftover things in the fridge, like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And um, my husband is really good at opening what to me looks like basically an empty fridge and he can create oh, something great. from nothing. So in, when I was growing up in the UK, there was a program called Ready, Steady, Cook. And they would give you, uh, there was two teams, the red team and the green team. And they give you a plastic bag full of ingredients and then you have so many minutes to make it. So I line up everything on the counter and I'm like, this is everything you've got for the weekend. Do what you want with it. And, and Figure it out. Him, for yeah and for him that's that plays to his strengths because he is adaptable and he's you know like more creative than me <laughs> that's yeah i mean i think to a large extent um the meal plans are a little bit of a cook by number thing you know it's a it's so detailed and you can use it like that and follow it to the t or you can just get the list of dinners and make your own adventure starting from there or buy the groceries and then reassemble them <laughs> into something else. Um, but yeah, I think it can, it can serve the needs of different levels of yeah. involvement in cooking. That is so cool. Um, I had another important question for you. Um, how do we get a hold of you? How do we oh. keep on learning from you? Good question. So you can find me on my website, which is just my name, uh, GemmaMcFall.com. Um, and it's Gemma with a G, <laughs> which is different to, to, to most uh, places. Um, and on there, you can just, uh, you, you can email me from that. Um, uh, there's also a quiz on there, um, if anyone's interested, so that you could find out if your pain is curable. You can, it's basically a video of me going through the, the things to look out for um so it can get you started on the right path so yeah i'm very grateful for the work you do um because i think it does have the potential to radically change lives for the better and um i i hope that anyone who listens to this who feels uh bogged down by some chronic pain issue can reach out to you and and learn more and thank you so much for all you've uh, you've shared with us today. Oh, I know what the question was. I had one more question. What kind of strengths, you mentioned that in your newsletter, would not play well with something like the meal plans and what do you think they could do instead? Okay, good question. Um, what strengths wouldn't play well? So my husband's strengths wouldn't play well. Um, he hates being told what to do, you know? <laughs> so... What I would say, let, let's take an actual real strength. So let's say you have ideation. Ideation is people who are really good at coming up with ideas. And, um, uh, you know, like their, their mind is a, is, a, is a way and then they can come up with something great. So if you have a strength like this, 
and you're being told what to do, you don't get to use your ideation whilst you're cooking. So, so either don't do the meal plan or I would still recommend do the meal plan, but you need to find a way to, to play to that strength while you're cooking. So whether that is you use the cooking time to come up with your next big idea, you know, not about cooking, about business or about whatever it is that's going on in your life. You could have a book uh, next to where you're cooking. And as you go into the, this kind of state of flow with cooking, you jot down your ideas, you know, that, that would be a way of using ideation or the actual uh, thing you're cooking, think to yourself, well, how can I make this better? How can I make this different? How can I build on it? How can I do it differently? You know, so you've got to like trigger it in, in some way. Um, what can you think of a character trait that people have where they yeah. don't tend to like it? And I can maybe answer directly. Well, I mean, I, I think what you mentioned in, in, um, I certainly have that trait of wanting to be very organized. And I think some people feel more comfortable flying by the seat of their pants. And I have a really hard time understanding that, but I, I, it's out there and yeah. they can, they can manage successfully with food as well. Um, uh, but yeah, maybe there's other resources that might be that, um, more inspiring for them, more nourishing for them. Yeah. So the, there's a strength called adaptability. So people with adaptability love the pressure of last minute things. They need a tight deadline. You don't want to give somebody with adaptability hours to prepare something in days and weeks, you know, like can't ask them to buy ingredients this day and to cook halfway through the week. Um, people with adaptability will drop anything to be there for somebody. They're real people. They're really good with people. So even if there was this plan for dinner, if somebody called and said, hey, I need to talk to you, can you come out for dinner with me? They would choose person over job every time, you know? So I think if there was one specific trait that your strength that wouldn't do well, it would be something like adaptability. But, but having said that, if you have adaptability, you still have four other strengths you still have something. So if you have to do cooking, it's your job and you want to do it and you have adaptability, you look at what other strengths you have, you know? So let's say you have my learner, you put a podcast on and you learn something while you're cooking. There's still ways to light up your other strengths. Right. It's just learning to dial them up and down as, as needed. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, the thing is um, we have to eat um, and we have to eat good food as much as possible, regardless of our personality. And I'm, I'm quite confident that the product I create is not going to be the solution for everyone. Um, I just hope that everyone finds a way to, even if they drop everything to go help their friend, that they don't end up, you know, eating some kind of takeaway that is not cooked yeah. for them by someone who loves them um, and who cares about nourishing them, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, I would hope for that. Thank you. That is very helpful. And so to get a hold of you and learn more about our strengths and uh, possibly how uh, using those strengths can make our lives more nourishing as a whole, not just in the kitchen, but beyond. Um, remind me your website. It's uh, GemmaMcFall.com. There we it's go. Just my name, GemmaMcFall.com. And that will be in the show notes. And I hope... Uh, I hope to be in touch again. I love those videos you send me with your kids. Your kids give you a score um, for the different uh, aspects of the meal. And I, I take a little bit of, I take 10% of the score. 
um, <laughs> you as, should have as 90%. my payment. <laughs> it's well, you you did the execution and you put your heart in it. So uh, I'll give you most of it. But I I love those. So I hope to see more of them. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Emma. Thank you for tuning in today. All the links that we mentioned in the conversation are going to be in the show notes. If you want to get a hold of Gemma, that's the best way to do it. If you feel something in common with her in terms of the strengths that she's leveraging for finding joy in the cooking process now, and you would like to try the same tool, you can go to veganfamilykitchen.com slash planned, P-L-A-N-N-E-D. And you can download a free one-week vegan meal plan that you can try out and uh, see how it works for yourself. You can also go to the templates section on my website and download any and all template that you like, including some one-week and two-week vegan meal plans that are all made with mostly whole foods, always very healthy and always 100% vegan. I hope some of that is useful to you. Don't hesitate to be in touch with me. Email hello at veganfamilykitchen.com if you have any questions, and we will see you next time in the Vegan Family Kitchen. Keep on cooking!